Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about art and how it serves. How art serves the greater good and the question of, you know, whether art is a self-serving act or if it does in fact serve people on the whole. We'll be releasing a video about how art serves in which uh, Klee takes point. Yes, I did. And talks about a very important subject, something that we want to expand on in this podcast because there are certain areas where I think when it comes to the perception of art or just anything creative, uh, like music and stuff like that, uh, it's interesting because I have heard people say, well, this doesn't really have value. Yeah, or you know? that's just a self-serving pursuit. Like, you're getting the, the value of expressing yourself, but what are other people getting? Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's interesting to me that in... This world where we when we are looking at the Renaissance or we are looking at world history is either through writing and literature, uh, statues, mm -hmm. paintings, mosaics, basically any kind of artwork uh, through maybe like a, an academic lens where sure. we're trying to find out more. It serves the historical record, which just as a quick aside. Part of this argument that goes on is, well, then we could safely say that the art that has real intrinsic value talks about social political issues or right. is deliberately created to be part of the historical record or has uh, this greater impact than just I want to paint flowers or I want to write a song, right? right? So then it leaves people feeling like, well, if I do just want to paint flowers or I do just want to make a mural or I do just want to write a song, am I in fact serving that greater good or am right. I just doing it for me? And it's it's funny because that basically would imply that it's only that side that has value. Right. And understanding that when you're looking at art, any kind of art, whether it's music, literature, uh, painting, photography, whatever it is, it is a method of communication. And what you're getting is communication from a human being that was living during the time that they're – so even at a, in an academic standpoint, when you're looking at Monet's paintings mm -hmm. of his flowers and you're looking at the abstracts that first came out and you're looking at found art objects, it's talking more about society in that time than just – what was going on with World War One, or, yeah. or what was going on in politics or what was going on in whatever, because the it's, it's part of the full conversation. It's part of the, all of the language. And saying that one thing is more valuable than another is like saying, well, this one uh, thing that we focus on, this is more valuable than this other thing. Yeah. And, I, and I, so I think I think the conversation of whether or not art has value is almost like splitting hairs. It's 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 like saying, well, does a vehicle have value? Mm -hmm. Does someone's car have value? Does someone's job have value? Does working at this place that you know uh, by psychic intention or whatever that in 20 years they're going to close down and you're going to lose your job, does that give you any value? I think that perspective kind of misses out on the intrinsic point that you're being offered, just like in literature, you're being offered a perspective that you otherwise would not have access to. Uh, and and you get a glimpse into that person's mind and the way that they saw things and what they thought about and what they appreciated. Yeah, exactly. When you look at Ebenezer Scrooge, you're talking about a time and place in which a person uh, behaved like that, 
chances are it was based on the time and what was going on with the disparate, you know, with the separation, with the big gap that there is between the wealthy and the poor. And it's something that even today we could still completely and utterly relate to, Mm -hmm. but it is talking about the 1800s. It is talking about a time before now. And so, and that's a completely fictional story. That's, that's, that's a work of art. Mm -hmm. And yet it says so much of our time and our time as humans on this planet. And I think that when you're looking at it from that context, when you're looking at it from the academic context, you know, where a lot of people think, well, does it really have value? Is it really adding to society? It's you have to remember that, like, the language is so much deeper than just what was going on in politics or was there a war happening mm-hmm. or, you know, were there rich or poor or what what was the the status of the people that were doing this or that? So art definitely has a place, a big place in the historical record aspect right. of things. But one of the things that we didn't get a chance to really cover in the video that we were both thinking about, but the video was kind of big <laughs> to yeah. begin with, yeah. um, is the present day contemporary artists living right now creating what speaks to them sharing their ideas sharing their expressions through art and how it benefits uh right now uh because you know we don't know what's going to be looked at what's going to survive beyond us what's going to become part of the historical record how does it provide benefit right now and one of the things that got me thinking about was the working artists themselves and how they actually benefit their communities Um, And boy, have I seen and experienced that just in where we live and just over the course of the past 10 years, how art has absolutely transformed our downtown area, how it has enriched our community and it's brought more people in to to really experience this place. And that's just one city in one state in one country. It's kind of known. And this is why it's so weird to me. If a city is looking to revitalize, right, if a community is looking to revitalize and add more culture and and bring people in, uh, usually a city will go for uh, athletics, right, or art. Yeah. And it's been proven that adding either one of those things to a community enriches the community, brings more people in. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is that you have two sides to that coin. So with communities that do both, mm-hmm. where they enrich the area with the artistic scene, you know, a good example of that is like Asheville. Everybody knows Asheville as an art mecca. Mm-hmm. And Austin. Uh, and Austin. You have all these places where you have all this like art and weirdness and fun and, and it's very diverse and colorful and all this stuff. And so like a lot of a lot of towns have purposely done that where they've uh, started initiatives to get more artists into their town because they know that there's innovation and creative thinking. And especially with artists that are self-employed, basically, that we work for ourselves and we have to create we have to be innovative and creative and prolific and prolific because. The system doesn't apply to us the way that it is now. It's not like you go to you go to work, you get you know insurance, and and you get paid your hourly rate or whatever it is, right. and then you have your time off and you get vacation time and all that stuff. As artists, we don't we don't benefit from anything that is 
the way that the structure is. So we have to think outside of the box in order to survive. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the place that we live, many of us as creatives, we want to revitalize the area that we live in. We want to bring in more tourism. We want to bring in people that are appreciators of the art. And I've, I've seen that happen within neighborhoods in cities Mm -hmm. where obviously it's like the poor neighborhood. So then a lot of artists move in because the rent is cheaper. They can afford it. And then they revitalize the area and make it into this place where people know that that's where the artists hang out. So they go go to gallery shows and art shows and things like that. And then you see coffee shops cropping Co- up yep. and boutiques and various things, right? Exactly. And then the neighborhood goes up and then all of a sudden the artists can't afford to live there anymore. Yeah. Now that's an unfortunate consequence that yeah. maybe will be a topic for another time. Does that bring value into the area? Yes. And I think that it's ridiculous that, you know, when my kids were going to school, um, one of the first programs that they would cut was the art or the music program. Same. Right. And yeah. so like it was much more important to keep uh, the 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 sports programs alive. And I get it, you know, physical education. That's it's very important to stay active and stuff like that. But at the same time, uh, taking away the activity of the mind and creativity and innovation, you know, and I think that. Artists, that that whole lifestyle scares some people because Uh artists are very unpredictable. We don't color within the lines. We don't play within the lines, right? And as much as the mainstream art world or the art market has tried to try to add some predictability by giving labels to artists and saying, these are successful, these are outsiders, so beware, you know, like all this stuff, Mm -hmm. um, it just, it, it doesn't apply to artists because we do not think within the box. And I've seen so much innovation just in this town alone, which 10 years ago when we came here, this place was a shithole, basically. And it's not. Now, there's this beautiful market that includes fresh vegetables and artwork, and it happens every weekend, and the galleries downtown have gotten better. You open up a stadium. A stadium is going to bring in money, but also you have to be aware and careful that what you don't end up with is just a bunch of bars in the area of the stadium. Absolutely. And I feel like um, not pitting one against the other, right? And looking at it from a holistic, all-encompassing standpoint, whether you're talking about children and the school system or the community as a whole, right? You want both. You want, um, for kids, right? You want physical education, like you said, and mental and emotional education in the form of arts programs. And for a community, you want um, celebration of physical achievement, right? The same way we celebrate sports teams or we celebrate Olympic athletes. And you also want to uh, give artists their their place in that uh, and, and bring that culture and bring that life and bring that color and that self-expression into a place. And that's the thing. It starts with... Uh teaching the value of art the government will put out a budget for the arts programs and stuff and uh, the majority of people support it because they have they see the value in art but then you have people out there that just do not see the value in art Mm -hmm. not understanding that a lot of these small towns that unfortunately are dealing with uh shortages in income and stuff like that like revitalizing the town i've seen so many town initiatives that in the last few years jumped on 
increasing the arts in their areas and their towns turning around. Absolutely, which is so awesome because it's so sad to see these towns that relied on an industry that maybe is not relevant anymore, right? And some of these towns took that initiative and brought art programs and did artist relocation programs and they're rebuilding in a new way and looking forward. We're starting to see that with Detroit. Artists are being able to move into studio spaces, and I'll be really interested to see how that unfolds for Detroit that has suffered so much loss and so much devastation. It really is important. It's really easy to stand there and look at a painting and say, like, well, that that really has no intrinsic value, Mm -hmm. right, to me. Like, let's say I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's not a very important thing in my life. But I think what you're missing out on is the fact that This is a representation of doing something that is not mainstream. This is a representation of putting yourself out there with something that is personal to you and trying to change hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. This is a representation of innovatively trying to figure out how to put yourself out there, no matter what roadblocks are standing in your way. You know, and I experience this all the time with the videos on YouTube. We'll post and we'll talk about a subject and stuff and not many, but we'll get a few questions that people want specifics. They want the uh, point one through 20 on how to get to that specific thing. And unfortunately, the world doesn't work that way. You have to think outside of the box. You have to be innovative. You have to figure things out as you go because... Um, everybody's life is different. Everybody's circumstance is different. Everybody's location is different. It, there's no point A to point B that is the same for every single person, no matter what it is that you're doing. So as far as revitalizing a town, there has to be innovation. There uh-huh. has to be thinking outside of the box. There has to be the ability of, of starting small and realizing that this is going to grow over time with word of mouth. You get some artists into a town. You do some festivals. You do festivals that are more than just like the barbecue beef festival and stuff like that. You do some art shows because you want to bring art and culture in. Absolutely. And that diversity and that innovation and thinking and not just doing the art shows, but doing like art programs. I love how the downtown area here in different areas have done uh, festivals where it's just artists coming out and doing these beautiful chalk paintings mm-hmm. in the street. And like, of course, all the businesses that are in the downtown area are going to benefit from the increase in traffic that's coming in. Yeah. And if you're doing something like that, if you're doing something that is proactive and innovative, and you're not just putting all the responsibility on the businesses that are struggling to survive in whatever downtown area you're in, but you're actually, as a city or as a town, you are trying to bring in innovation and change and understand that art has value, creativity, all of that stuff has value. And you want to add that so that you could bring culture and diversity and something new to your town. Absolutely. And art when it's done right, art programs, uh, not in the big uh, inaccessible galleries, but on the main street. Art is inclusive, it's welcoming, and it's accessible. And it does foster a sense of community and understanding and dialogue between people. So it's so important. And I guess my then, you know, the question that always crops up then is, well, 
why are we teaching our kids without without even saying it, right, that art's just kind of a disposable thing? Right. And the reason I say that is because of budget cuts to art programs. It's like you don't even necessarily have to tell a kid this is frivolous, right? This is something that we foster within you while you're young, and we encourage you to pursue your creative endeavors. And then at some age, you need to throw it away and give it up and and move on to something else that's more practical, right? Why do we teach our kids that? And why do we cut funding to programs that, that foster that creativity? What's interesting about that is that in recent times, I've read articles where companies are discussing how there's a lack of innovation, right. how there's a lack of creativity, how there's a lack. And I'm like, look at the way that the schools are teaching uh, children nowadays. It's basically you're teaching them how to be factory workers. You got to show up on time. You got to do a good job or else you, you know, you 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 get punished and you're not allowed to draw in yeah. your notebooks or on your folders lunchtime at this time uh you get to leave at this time and when you leave we have homework for you we have stuff that you have to take care of at home by yourself and basically if you want to move up in corporate it's the same thing yeah i had to be at work at a certain time i got a certain amount of time for lunch uh, and then I had to leave at a certain time, but I always had work that I had to take home with me if I was planning on moving up in the company. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, that's that's complete bullshit. There's no creativity there. You're basically working in an industry, in whatever industry it is, and you're you're being told what to do. I've worked in a lot of corporate industries where my creativity uh, of trying to get new traffic to come in or do something, thinking outside of the box – was rarely ever praised. If anything, they were like, well, that's against company policy. You can't blah, blah, blah. And it was usually stuff that didn't make sense. It was not there to harm anybody. It might have been like a beautiful painted sign, but because it didn't go with the structure of the way that the business was recognized, they went against it, even though it brought in more traffic. Unless you are purposefully from the beginning cultivating innovation, cultivating creativity, allowing kids to think outside of the box and not punishing them for their creativity, not punishing a child because they have their head in the clouds and they're thinking about bigger things or they're imagining. That's where all the inventors come from. That's where all the the great artists comes from. That's where all the great musicians come from. That's why there's this stigma that in order to be an artist or a great musician, you have to be a rule breaker Mm -hmm. because the rules are stacked against us as far as being creative. It's almost like the rules are for us to just be happy little robots living our lives and buying things that we don't necessarily need. And it's a complete and utter bullshit because the world, it, it just doesn't work. People are unhappy. There's There have never been more statistics of unhappiness in the United States than there has been recently. And there is a reason for that. Mm -hmm. If there is no creative outlet, if there is nowhere where you could really soak in that creativity, it's one of the reasons that I wanted to discuss these small towns that that are going under is because they relied so much on the typical business thing. You have a cafe, you have this, you have that. But as far as arts and culture, that's not seen as a necessity in those towns. Yeah, it was industry. And it's the it's the industrial revolution, right? And then that's fine. That was the times, right? But when you start to see that changing and you start to see that you're falling behind and you don't do anything about it, then you only have yourself to blame. Yeah. So how dare these companies say we don't have enough innovators, we don't have enough creatives when 
you, like you said, the odds are stacked against being creative, and it is the rule breakers uh, that that are the innovators. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. A lot of the rule breakers are out there trying to do their own thing because there isn't a system in place that that works for them or fits mm-hmm. for them. And I'm not saying that every single industry is like that or no. every single company is like that. Obviously, there is, in my opinion, a lot of innovators, a lot of creativity out in the world, a lot more than what uh, society, the way that society wants to foster it. There are a lot of art programs. There are a lot of advocates for the arts. But even within these big art programs and you've got these big, beautiful museums and stuff like that, there's so much news of uh, people putting other people down or discriminating against a certain group. It's been known for the longest time that it's hard for a woman to become a supposedly successful artist Mm -hmm. in the mainstream art world. And I'm like, that's freaking ridiculous. Why is that a thing that is something that is so diverse and so open and so cultured? And so that's one of my main reasons where, like I argue, when, when people are talking about these art programs, they don't realize we're not talking about just the big institutions. We are talking about the small towns. That and and the artists out there that want to do something and they need funding, yeah. they need funding, you know. And if you want to revitalize something, if you want to revitalize an area, you really need to get your head out of your butt and think about the fact that the arts is what will always revitalize an area. And I'm talking about the arts, music, theater, cinema, anything that has to do with feeding the human soul. Yes. Anything that has to do with feeding the human soul. Not just looking at spreadsheets, fine dining restaurants, gourmet cafes, things like that, things that are going to enhance. And when you mix all of those things together and you have an area that has all of those things, people cannot help but gravitate there because that's where you're going to nourish your soul. Yeah. Absolutely. That's beautifully said. And from our experience, you know, even being in a town that was mildly open to it, and we've seen like drastic change over the last 10 years, uh, we ourselves had to go through a lot of red tape, a lot of um, city meetings and a lot of various other things just to get some art happenings going that we wanted to do. And so I think there really needs to be more open-mindedness as far as communities are concerned, as far as educational institutions are concerned. It's my hope uh, because our generation and the generations before us uh, knew it one way, right? It's my hope that future generations of artists don't have to ask the question, whether what they want to choose to do with their lives has merit, whether it's valuable Right. I hope they don't have to ask that question. I hope it's just understood. Yes, it is very valuable. You matter. What you do is contributing to the greater good. Yeah. It shouldn't be up for debate. You look at Einstein and you think of uh, the the revolution in science that, that Einstein brought upon, right? Mm-hmm. Einstein did that through imagination and yeah. thinking. It wasn't just, you know, he, he it was imagination and thinking and then the math was introduced, mm-hmm. right? Without that innovative, creative way of looking at the world, you lose the ability to think other than what already exists. Yeah. And that that's the problem is that so many people just go by and they're waiting for they're waiting for the next innovation. And that's fine. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. You could go through your life and just enjoy the splendors of the world, but understand that it is 
art and creativity and thinking outside of the box and not following the rules of of society of what it is that you're supposed to do because you ask anybody out there uh, maybe from an older generation, maybe it's changed. But if you ask anybody out there and you tell them that you're going to be an artist, the first thing they do is look at you like, oh, well, poor you. And it's it's a wonderful, amazing adventure to be an artist because none of the rules in the world apply to you. And But because of that, you're also kind of isolated from the world and you have to really, really navigate that on your own because mm-hmm. then even the rules that are within the art world and stuff like that. So like it, you have to be innovative. You have to think outside of the box. You have to do you, you have to do you and figure it out and understand that the cards are stacked against you because people are going to say what you're doing has no value uh, because it's always a comparison game. Does art have more value than let's say somebody who is saving someone's life? Well, I, I, don't know. I can't answer that question. But what about a painting that might have changed someone's mind who was thinking of taking their own life? Yeah. And this painting just really resonated with them and gave them something to hope for. What about a song? So many of us have have just had our emotions completely changed when we're in a deep place of sadness and a song comes on and we feel empowered and motivated and we're like, you know what? Screw that. I'm in control here. I get to decide how I'm going to live my life. Or you go see a beautiful play or an amazing movie that inspires you to take away from that value because you're not seeing the results. They're not, you're, you cannot quantify the results for someone else. You have to experience it yourself. Mm-hmm. And chances are that everyone out there in one way, shape, or form has experienced this, but they just don't recognize it as art. It gets taken for granted, I think, a lot of times. And I think really the fundamental thing here is like, I don't want to draw those lines in the sand. I don't want to say one thing is more valuable than another thing. We need all of it. We need the arts. We need science. We need tech. We need medicine. We need people keeping the historical record. We need people uh, preparing meals. We need everybody. And you take any one of those pieces away and we lose. Yeah. And art's not disposable, just like science is not disposable, just like athletics is not disposable. We need it all. And I guess I just hope that in the future we stop looking at art as the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is somehow less important than the other areas that enrich our lives. Yeah. So anybody out there that's listening to this and you are an artist and you're wondering whether or not you are creating something of value, listen, it doesn't matter what you are creating, you are creating value. If you're communicating with your art and it doesn't matter what it is that you're saying, you're creating some value into the world because you have no idea how that will impact someone else that looks at it. And not only that, But everyone out there has value. We all deal with this thing where we think that one thing is more important than the next or one person's position is more important than the other or that this human being is more important than the rest of the people Mm -hmm. just simply because of the title that they carry. But the fact is we're all human beings and every single one of us is of value and everything that we do is of value. It is when we lose sight of that, that horrific shit happens in the world. Yeah. And if you are creating your own thing, then you're not pointing a finger and blaming somebody else 
for the trials and tribulations in your life. You take responsibility for it because then you understand that you're the one that's creating your life. Just like you're creating your works. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that's it. That really turned into a rant. Uh, So there might be some people out there that agree with us, though there might be some people that disagree with us. And uh, either way, if you want to leave a comment, go ahead and leave a comment. Just try not to argue with one another in the comment section. And uh, thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing, and I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, just click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. You want to say goodbye, Klee? Good day. Adios. Ta-da!